Okay, so we're uh... this week on a very special bearded fruit. <laughs> the boys learn about drugs. No, Cody. No, what are you sniffing over there? Pits. That was no. Yeah, that's my cold open. That's a mm, close it. it. Dun, close it. Oh. Cold close it. <laughs> All right, you ready? I guess. Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Orion. And this is Neil Daigle-Orion. And welcome to a very special mini-sode of Bearded Fruit. It's Christmas? No, it's not Christmas. It's Passover? Actually, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. Passover uh, happened on Friday, yeah. It's just a special episode, a little special mini-sode. Yeah. um, Because I'm worth it? Because you're worth it. Because we're all worth it. No, this weekend we... um, Got invited to go to uh, the Scene Festival, which is the Southeast New England Film, Music, and Arts Festival in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, by one of our listeners, Chris Diani. Hi, Chris. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris. Hey, Chris. Thank you for inviting us. Hi, Chris. What should we call our listeners? Um, fruits. Beer, just the fruits. Fruit, fruities, fruit flies. <laughs> can we not no call? that's terrible because that that also likes yeah that has negative lady connotations that's uh, was another it's another word for for um fag hag they call them fruit flies oh yeah and it's, so it's, it's kind of demeaning i'm sorry i'm 12 yeah um but yeah we were invited out to the to to go to see um the second program of lgbt short films uh, that were being shown at the scene festival this year and so we thought we would make a special sort of mini episode about some of the films that we saw and to talk a little bit about what uh, some of the trends we saw in the films and just some general impressions of these uh short films lgbt films yay um so we'll t- just want to t- talk a little bit about some of the ones we liked and shout out to their creators uh one of the films that i thought was really cool was uh it was the second one on the program it was a short film called chokehold by a filmmaker named robert w gray who is from canada uh and chokehold is about two two like two bros i guess they're two dudes they have names they're hanging at a party and uh one of them is he he does jujitsu he's actually his nose is bro he like hurt his nose doing jujitsu and um they sort of develop this habit of like meeting at a party and then heading out to the park or something, drinking a bit, and one of them putting the other in a chokehold until he passes out. And there's kind of like a gay tension. It's very no homo. Yeah, it's got like gay but tension. But it's also very, it's very yes homo. It's, it's very, very go homo. And very sweet. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting little film. Mm-hmm. And sad. It was a little sad, yeah. Mm. Um, maybe, I think it was. It felt like the only film that even approached uh, bisexual representation because... You don't know. He's like yeah. bi, I guess. Maybe. Um, a little bi-curious at the very least. Bi-curious, yeah. It, but it was very like unrequited love. The The lead guy, the jujitsu guy, um, had like really sad eyes and... You just felt for him when he was on screen. It was. I wanted him to put me in a chokehold. I'm sure you did. It was a lovely little movie, and um, I enjoyed that one a bit. A I bit, wanted bit. to wake up next to him in some park. Yeah. And be like, 
Harder Daddy. What? <laughs> it was a. It was actually a movie that made me think about my relationship with my guy friends in college. Like, <laughs> I thought you were going to be me. Oh, he chokes me all the no, time. No, uh, not that we did chokeholds or anything, but just that um, that feeling of just really wanting to connect with a guy that you know is straight, that you connect with and you hang out with. And um, Well, there's a Barbara Kruger piece where it's like um, Barbara Kruger being a, an artist who uses a lot of appropriated imagery. So it's this imagery of these men like rough wrestling or roughhousing or whatever. And then the text that she placed on top of it is something to the effect of you create elaborate rituals to touch the bodies of other men. And mm -hmm. like I, when I, when I saw this happening, when I saw him choking and like, um, and, and all that stuff, that's immediately what I thought of. Mm -hmm. Um, I immediately thought of like the notion of like, of like what is and is not okay touches. Yeah. Um, and what what is and is not okay intimacy between men whether it's um queer or not um so i mean there's totally a reading there's totally a reading you can do on this film that says it's not queer at all like there's nothing queer about it it's just talking about intimacy between men yeah um which i think is like kind of interesting too i agree that like queerness wasn't the central part it just kind of was an aspect of it that Other could than. be read yeah. <laughs> depending on the the audience uh, so another film that I thought in this, uh, there are four films that we'll talk about that I, that I personally thought were really good. Oh, okay. Um, and then if you, you know, another one I liked was a film called Photo Op by Dave Solomon. Uh, it starred Randy Harrison, who is probably known to a lot of uh, folks as, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name, but he was, he was the younger guy, the younger blonde guy on Queer as Folk. Ah, yes, Folk. good old Steve. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. But Randy what's, Harrison plays a- That's a, a good twink name. Uh, I don't know. Lance Jesse yeah uh, but Randy Harrison um, plays this photographer who is in the park and uh, he is clearly kind of obsessed with this guy that he then follows into a coffee shop and then the film the short film takes a sort of dark turn and it kind of ends up being this sort of like queer fatal attraction sort of situation yeah, I don't know about you but I saw it coming I kind of felt it. I felt like yeah. something weird was happening, but but I thought it was really well acted. It also stars Aaron Lazar, who uh, is a Broadway uh, performer. He was uh, Matthew Morrison's replacement in Light in the Piazza, and has like this most spectacular tenor voice. He's incredible. He's I'll really take incredible. Your word for it. Uh, but it was really well acted. It was beautifully shot. It was tense and the craft, creepy. The craft was really high. Yeah, it was like a really, really lovely, lovely short film, and I it was surprising and, um, yay! It was kind of like sweet and totally creepy at the same time. Two buds up. Yeah, very much so. Another movie I know we both liked was Lucky Penny, mm. by uh, director Becca Roth. Oh. And uh, Lucky Penny uh, was uh, the only really film that explored lesbian life in in the the films that we saw. Was it also the only um, female directed? It was the only, I, yes, the only female directed that we film saw. That we saw, and uh, it's about a barista who has this habit of dropping pennies uh, around her around like the city when she's walking home so that other people can find a lucky penny with the year of their birth on it. But she also has uh, kind of the hots for one of her customers. Oh, not kind of. She totally has the hots for one of her customers. Yeah. So it's a very like sweet. And rightfully so. They'd make a cute little couple. Yeah. It was a very sweet, a sweet, charming little film. 
mm-hmm. which I liked a lot. And there's a girl who plays ukulele and sings during the credits, so mm-hmm. it's worth sticking around for because she's also adorable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another interesting film from that group is a film called Chance mm-hmm. by Jake Graff. Uh, it's a film from the UK. And uh, it explores the sort of really unlikely relationship between uh, a widower. Yeah, I I believe. Yeah, it's it's a little the 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 storytelling is a little unclear. There are some there are some dots that are left to be connected in the viewer's mind, but it's heavily suggested that he's a widower. Yeah, um, if not downright implied. Yeah, Uh, and um, and this sort of the stranger. This Mm -hmm. um. Does it really they say what what country he no, comes from? No, no, they don't. They don't speak about nationality, mm-hmm. but it's it's um, from the way that he's treated. It seems maybe Persian, like maybe yeah. Ar- Iran or Saudi Arabia. Yeah, uh, and this stranger who he meets in in the park, and they develop an unlikely relationship, and are then forced to sort of decide what to do when he is going to be deported. Mm-hmm. When they, the stranger will be deported, uh, I thought uh, it was an interesting film because it featured a romantic relationship between two men whose bodies are not traditionally uh are conventionally considered attractive they're both like really like big chunky dudes mm-hmm. um and and that is just evidenced by the other actors in the other stories yeah like that alone was kind of they stood out they did uh but it, but some sweet storytelling and uh, it was it was good to see i, I think it was one of like it, could have been longer could have like taken its time a little bit more i would like to see a feature out of that to be yeah. perfectly honest because i would love to be in that universe yeah. for like an hour and a half yeah but it was but it was, it was nice it was and i particularly appreciated seeing a, a romance between bodies that we don't normally get to see without fall it in being love. right without it being like a joke g dang bear city or anything like that yeah or or made fun of or yeah. where it's played for comedy it was actually sweet and yeah intimate and lovely and um, it's all leading up to what I thought was my like my favorite film favorite of film. my favorite film, and one that um, I highly recommend you seeking out if you have an opportunity. It's called Ultra Blue. Now they spell blue funny, right? B e b l e u. That's important. And uh, it was by director Nick Neon, who also wrote it and stars in the film. And it's a, a 20 minute feature that was shot in Korea. Oh my God. That was 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That did not feel like 20 minutes. No. It felt like five. I know it's been, like lovely. It's a, a 20 minute feature that follows uh, the central character whose name is Jim through the first 24 hours after a violent breakup with his ex-boyfriend. And, uh, it explores what happens to him in this first in those first 24 hours and the guy he meets, which, uh, sort of makes him, Sort of love think, life again. Yeah, and also figure out what he's gonna do with his life. Uh, he also has this. Uh, there's a great scene with his uh, his like female best friend. Uh, they they like fall asleep randomly in front of a statue of a, a no no like it's not just a statue. <laughs> it's like a historical like fighter. Plane. Yeah, right. Um, I was so so impressed with this movie. The craft um, is interesting. The storytelling is yeah. super interesting, and his screenplay is incredibly well written. Mm-hmm. It's really sharp and 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 observant in the right kind of way. Also, the diversity of the cast was really appreciated. Absolutely, it was one of the few films where you weren't like just following around 
some white people, which some sad white people. Yeah, like which I really, I very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. But the film is beautifully shot. It was very affecting, and um, in in the talk back after. Uh, the director and uh, one of the producers are talking about that they're planning to to expand it into a full length feature film, and I really hope that happens because I was incredibly impressed with what he did in those twenty minutes, and I was very moved by it, and I laughed, and I I, I was like, yeah, I know what that feels like, feeling like you don't know what to do. I mean, I think I even at some point I even vocalized out loud what I wanted the characters to do. Yeah, well, we were both like, <laughs> right, like, right, like I just, yeah, and and that's the to me the mark of a really great, a really great storytelling when mm-hmm. you are in, actively engaged in these imaginary people's yeah, lives. For sure. and so imaginary, uh, but maybe autobiographical, maybe autobiographical a little bit, uh, <laughs> but really high high marks to Ultra Blue, which was my favorite of the evening, and really to all the filmmakers who who we who we shouted out to. Uh, all of those films are really terrific, and we'll try to link to as many of their their pages yeah. or the work as they can so that you can go check them out and it's really I, I really definitely go find them and if you see their films at a festival near you go and check them out because and then tell them about us so we yeah, can interview them you know because um it's important to go out and support the work of lgbt people who are making things i think it's worth talking for a couple of minutes about the films as a whole and some of the things that we sort of took away from this this evening of uh of shorts that are focused on LGBT issues. Theater. One thing that I really took away from it and I was really excited about was this feeling that queerness and identity, the identity as a queer person wasn't necessarily central to any of the stories mm-hmm. that it wasn't, it wasn't the reason for the story being told. Uh, instead, queerness was like a backdrop or a supporting detail to these stories that were about other things, unrequited love, uh, figuring out who the hell you are in the world. Um, Macking on your customers, right? Moving on from loss that. And I thought that was really interesting because it, it feels like uh, a shift of it to some degree that gay storytelling isn't coming out stories anymore Mm -hmm. and it isn't about like being tortured for being gay and then somehow overcoming it it's now i'm gay and then having this other life with these other issues um and having these other experiences and you're going to relate to them just because it's a human experience and doesn't matter that i'm gay yeah i like that a lot Mm -hmm. i definitely appreciated it i also appreciate um queer narratives that don't focus on tragedy or um, oppression. Um, there's something really easy about that. There's something really, and and it's not to say like, it's not to say that we shouldn't speak out about oppression and we shouldn't speak out about tragedy because yes, those are very real parts of the queer experience, but also like what kind of narrative do we want to create about being queer? Do we want to create a narrative that's, nothing but tragedy and suffering or do we want to create a narrative that is celebration and that is complex and that is not just tragedy but also celebration and also finding love and also just like being able to discover yourself and also making outrageously overpriced coffee for this girl you have a crush on (laughs) god 453 really what did you do she didn't even steam milk i know i yes 
the first time she told her how much that coffee was, I was like, "Excuse me." <laughs> it was a lot. That this we're talking about Lucky Penny, uh, the barista in Lucky Penny. Four fifty three every time, same drink. I know, and I think she, she just doing? like poured coffee out of a carafe. Well, she was using an espresso machine. Creative license. Somehow she was using artistic license. I mean, if it's like eight shots, just eight shots straight, okay, that that's probably like four fifty. It was a lot. Another thing that I thought was interesting about the films as a whole is that so many of them were focused on narratives of love and romance, but that the love and romance had to speak in code. Mm. That it was re- it was all there was one kiss. There was one kiss the entire night. Did you notice that? Mm, no, I didn't. Only in chance. Oh wow! And it was just a, just a real That's quick. Right? Yeah, there was only one kiss, and that kind of. But I mean, like, again, talking about queer narratives, like, is that actually a good thing? Because then it's not focusing on sexuality, mm-hmm. and it's not focusing on the weird stuff that we do with our bodies, um, and that's what makes us queer. Is the lack of actual intimacy a good thing or a bad thing? I thought I thought the use of this kind of coded and uh, subtext approach to telling these romantic stories um, sort of celebrated how queer people have always had to explain themselves in code. And that felt that felt like to go back to what you said. That felt celebratory to me. It didn't feel like we, oh, we were not allowed to show kissing. It would. These were very interesting ways to to say I'm into you. It were all. It was all these very interesting ways to say I'm into you. Like chokehold is a perfect example. He was really into the dude that he was choking. And here's this very coded way to say I want to touch your butt basically like you know that's i i liked it i I thought it was fantastic we're not saying that he was choking him through his butt Mm -mm. no it was traditional neck choking yeah we're we're not as a society we're not there yet to show butt choking um i don't know i think um there there is an interesting there is an interesting tie that you can say about the historical coding of queerness that makes a lot of sense but it just it also feels like so what we can't be out we can only speak in code I think I think there's a place for both is what I'm trying to say and I think like there's cuz okay like talking about chokehold like yes there is the coded version but also dude spoons the other dude at some point mm-hmm. like that is very overt yeah there 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 are just like there there are forms that are coded and forms that are not coded at all and I think that there's there's a way to do both um that could be really interesting mm-hmm. well and I and you know the this that criticism and and also we had a discussion about about representation and diversity as part of the evening as a whole um on the one hand you could point to the artists and say you know the artists aren't doing this thing but it also could have a lot to do with who was choosing and designing the program like for sure you know maybe that 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 quality of coded language and that kind of demure and very very reserved romantic approach is just the taste of the folks who were programming it mm-hmm. i mean yes of course this is uh, the institutional the systemic but also like who has access to making films who who is able to make a film who is um who is told that they can make films i mean if we're talking about like the 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 anxious auteur like that's always a white dude the auteur mm. is always a white dude and like 
it makes sense where it's like, okay, we're talking about an industry of filmmakers where filmmakers are very disproportionately white male. Um, so of course you add queer into the mix, it's still going to be white male. And, and a lot of that is just because of the representation, like, like you don't see, and that's what I loved about ultra blue. Like ultra blue was so great because it's this half Korean guy making this film in Korea using Koreans (laughs) as well as like some random other guy who happens to be there, but still like totally hits a really great, like, um, moment. Like he was like one of two people of color we saw, Mm -hmm. like one of two men of color that we saw. Yeah. Um, this, this guy happened to become a filmmaker and that's great. But like, why aren't other people making films? And then also like, it's possible that like there are black queer filmmakers, but they're not submitting to this film festival or they're not submitting to queer festivals in general. They're submitting to black festivals or to more general festivals or have met with not, with not much success when they have submitted to festivals. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like there's a lot going on. Um, well, it was real. I'm glad we went uh, again. Thanks, Chris, for inviting us out, and uh, um, you rock. It was really great. If anybody else wants to invite us places, yeah, we will totally go. We will accept your Delta airline miles um, and. <laughs> okay, right. That's all that. That's 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 where that joke ended. Well, yeah, we sir, we thanks Scene Festival for uh, a really great evening of LGBT shorts, and thanks to all the filmmakers who submitted and uh, to the filmmakers who were there. We really enjoyed your work, and honestly, I'm excited about the prospect of going next year for yeah, the area. Absolutely, and really, if you get an opportunity to see um, photo op or chokehold or per- and my particular favorite ultra blue or even just any other film by these filmmakers yeah go out and support them because here are some very talented voices who were telling queer stories interesting queer stories and uh if you're out there and you're queer we should do our best to support those people who are making work that is about us and for us if you're out there and you're queer clap your hands i hope you clapped i really hope you clapped as always, we really thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, go to iTunes and subscribe. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Bearded Fruit. You can also find us on the web at www.beardedfruit.com. And we always, as always, thank you for listening.